Hey, this is Nick Romolini, and welcome to another episode of The Blank Page. It's election day here in Los Angeles. Big day. Get out there. Get out and vote. A couple blocks from my house, I noticed a lawn sign planted right next to this huge homeless encampment with at least eight, 12 tents. And the irony of Mitch O'Farrell's lawn sign, our incumbent council member who's been the council member for our district for years and years, is not lost on me. Guys, I'm going to let you in on a big fucking secret. Los Angeles politics is corrupt as fuck. And it's just wealthy people who want things to stay exactly the same. And shit will never change. The homelessness problem will never be addressed if we just keep electing the incumbents. I'm not going to get into politics, though. Just go vote. Go out there and vote for somebody, whoever your heart compels you to vote for. I was thinking recently about how there's no question in my mind that Bill Burr manifested out of the collective consciousness as a result of Jim Carrey's Fire Marshal Bill character on In Living Color. Like, they're exactly the same. Every time I look at Bill Burr now, all I can think of is Jim Carrey doing Fire Marshal Bill on In Living Color. Which, In Living Color, was fucking one of my favorite shows as a kid growing up. It used to make my dad laugh so hard. It was such a funny fucking show. Make shows like In Living Color great again. Ah, fuck. Did I really just say that? So, everybody keeps saying that listening to the podcast feels like they're having a conversation with me, you know? It's like sitting in the room with you. It's like being on the phone with you. It just feels so intimate and like you're communicating directly with me, which is wonderful. Like that's, I think that's the intent of this is to make it very conversational, disarming, just very intimate. But the result of that, the unintended consequence, I think, is that nobody calls me anymore. My friends, my parents, my siblings, nobody calls me anymore. And I'm like, man, it's really been a long time since, you know, I've talked to my dad. It's been like six weeks or whatever since we've talked on the phone. And it, it's because he feels like he already talked to me this week. It's because he was driving to work, listening to the show probably, and it felt like driving to work and having me on his fucking Bluetooth speaker talking to him. Because this is what having a conversation with me is like. So there's this enormous unintended consequence where... I'm not getting the input from other people because they're just listening to me yell into the microphone. And that's not what I intended to do with this. <laughs> but like, it's whatever. I mean, you know, maybe I'll talk to you someday, mom. Podcast game. It's a lonely game. It's a really fucking lonely game. So I was sitting in traffic the other day. Obviously, I live in Los Angeles. So of course I was sitting in traffic and I looked over in the car next to me. Have you ever looked over? at someone next to you and just think how tightly clenched their anus must be. It's usually like, it's usually a middle-aged woman, usually a middle-aged white woman. In this case, it was a middle-aged white woman driving an $80,000 Tesla. And I could just see by the look on her face that her anus is so tightly clenched and that everything in her life is fueled by that tightly clenched anus. And I just wanted to get her to roll down the window so I could scream at her, Release your own ass. Just release your ass. It's okay. Just let it go. All you have to do is just breathe and just let your anus go. You know, you have the $80,000 Tesla. Just let it go. So that's what's, that's, that's what's been on my mind.
what is this, a fucking stand-up routine? Is that what this whole podcast is? Am I practicing to be in front of a fucking audience doing a stage routine? I don't know, maybe. Maybe now when my dad asks, what are you doing that for? I can be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready for my stand-up routine. Workshop and material, dad. <laughs> All right. So let's really get into it now, though. What do I really want to talk about this week? What do I really fucking want to express and process into this fucking microphone? I want to talk about my friend Kevin. I'll call him Kevin for the sake of the story because that's actually his name. Actually, I'm going to call him Carl with a K. Okay, so Carl with a K. Carl with a K. Carl with a K. Our relationship goes back to high school actually our relationship goes back to middle school in middle school there was one entrance to the school that had an awning and was always shut it was always locked and before school when we would get there everybody would get there early and we would all go stand at this one entrance there was like four or five of us it was me john bear ziggs carl with a k probably somebody else in there we called it the igloo it had an awning And I guess for some reason, you know, with the body heat of five middle school aged young men, we warmed up the igloo and I'd be in there just like telling jokes that I'd heard on my Jackie Martling tape that for some reason my dad was okay to buy me. And that's when I first knew Carl with a K and we never hung out socially, but we always hung out in the morning before school. And that was was a connection. I thought then in high school. The main entrance to get to our lockers and all of our homerooms, I think this was junior year, you had to walk down this hallway from the cafeteria. And the hallway ended and teed out. And you would go to the left or the right to your homeroom. Me and six or seven other kids, every single morning, we would set up chairs at the top of this row. And we would just heckle people. I mean, it was fucked up. But like everybody had a nickname and we'd just be talking shit to each other, talking shit to people. I mean, I like to think that we were making people laugh, but (laughs) anyway, Carl with K was part of this crew, you know? And so we had like a ton of inside jokes and we had a big shorthand. Again, never hung out with him socially. So we graduate high school, never talk to him, never see him. I'm in my like mid 20s, maybe 26, 27. And I did a 48 hour film project. And somehow I'd known that Carl was back in the city. I think he was going to school for his master's in the city. And I was living in the city in Philly. And I ended up doing this 48 hour film project, which rest in peace, Rob Moon. I did it with a a friend of mine, Rob Moon, who died like way too young um, a few years back. Uh, so I just want to shout out my friend, Rob. Rob Moon was just a fucking beacon of shining bright ass light, always smiling, always happy. And yeah. So anyway, so we did this 48 hour film project and I don't know if I knew that Carl with a K was going to also be involved doing his own project. It's a competition, you know, you get, you have 48 hours to make a short film. Basically they give you like a genre, one thing that needs to be in it and one character that needs to be in it. And then you have 48 hours to shoot and cut and, you know, get a film done. 
So Carl was one of the other competitor teams. And I remember going to the screening and like, <laughs> you know, Kate, I'm sure you remember. I'm, I'm sure we got drunk before. I'm sure I brought a flask with me. I'm almost certain in the screening that I was like talking shit. <laughs> like I've come a long way. I'm not this way anymore. I promise. I'm almost 40. I'm like nice and loving and benevolent and kind. And I would never like rabble rouse in that type of environment the way I used to. A fucking immature ass kid. Anyway, so I guess I, I said, I must have said hello to Carl when we were there. And then like at some point we got back in touch and we stayed in touch long enough that we knew that we were both moving to Los Angeles. So maybe about a month before we moved out, we met at this bar called Locust Rendezvous. Shout out to Locust Rendezvous, one of Philly's finest bars. And I very specifically remember sitting with him for like hours and really connecting, you know? I remember this joke that I made because there was a Stoli raspberry shot special and I was like, what if I just sat here and stared you dead in the eyes and drank shot after shot after shot of Stoli Raz just for hours while we talked? It's not a joke, I guess, but, you know, just like a fucking obtuse adult swim moment, you know, my brand of humor. So many memories at Locust Rendezvous, too. One of which really sticks out in my mind is my friend Shannon's book release party. My friend Shannon, who fought in the war in Iraq and wrote a book about it called Beyond Duty. You should check it out. He's actually the reason why I say Carl with a K, because he used to say Carl with a K and Jerry with a G, and those <laughs> were joke names that we would say in high school. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting way down the rabbit hole of inside jokes of my own deep consciousness. So we had a lot of fun that night, me and Carl with a K. Lots of laughs, seemed really connected, both wanted to pursue film stuff, and we were moving out here, and we both moved out to LA within a couple of weeks of each other. And there was like some weird situation. I'm not exactly sure, but there was kind of like a weird situation with his girlfriend. She was like out here when they moved here, but she was like going to go back to New York or I don't know if she was going to move back or go back for a little bit and then come back. But it was a little awkward, I think, for him when he was first moving out because I think he didn't really know what his girlfriend was going to do. Regardless of all that, the four of us all hung out like within, I don't know, a couple weeks of us moving to L.A. Me, Samantha... Carl with a K and his girlfriend. And it was like, it was an extended hang. Like it started in the afternoon. We had lunch. I'm sure we had a drink. We might've done some sort of activity. And then we like parted ways for a little bit. And then we were like, yeah, let's meet back up later. And they came over to our place. And then we went out after that, which I think I'm remembering correctly. Sometimes my brain like fissures out on certain details. So Carl, if you're listening to this and you self-identify, because you know who you are. <laughs> Maybe you could help me get the story straight. But anyway, it seemed like it seemed like our girlfriends were getting along and I was like, this is fucking awesome, man. Like I have a new built-in transplant friend and like I have some like historically grounded roots with this person and we could build on that and build a friendship out in this new, you know, terrain that we're in. And I was really excited. We're in the same field. Maybe we could work on projects together. Like, it was really exciting. I never heard from him again after that. Ever. I'm sure I texted him. I'm pretty sure there's receipts of me sending him, like, a couple Facebook messages since then. And I just never heard from him again. 
he's now extremely successful, like crazy successful in my business in a way that I probably wouldn't want, but that I also envy. And I'm like, how did that person get to do that? Why did I not get to do that? Even though, again, this is not my path and I really probably wouldn't want the position that he currently has. But I think about him from time to time and I'll look him up, see what he's up to, what gigantic blockbuster movie he's working on. And I'll never forget that moment in time. And it it really triggers, triggers. <laughs> I'm not disparaging the word trigger. It's just a buzzword. And I struggle with those because like... I struggle with anything that becomes mainstream and ubiquitous and just like bombards the collective consciousness. Like just like when something just becomes so much a part of the mainstream and everybody's using a term, it like degrades the meaning of the term. Like toxic masculinity doesn't mean anything anymore because it's become such short. Anyway, I digress. I think it's like wanting the girl in high school who just isn't interested in me. And I can't understand why. I mean, this particular instance is just straight up abandonment. Like he just straight up bailed and it stirs the pot of all the times that's happened in my life. Not that it's happened all the time with friends, but it stirs the bottom of the barrel of every time that it's happened. But I think about some situations that I had in high school, which are like really embarrassing in retrospect. There were like these two girls in particular who... Like I was in, I was in love with, and they, they just simply weren't interested in me. And like, I tried to like romance them and it just didn't work. And then I tried to like fight their boyfriends. <laughs> My friends tried to fight their boyfriends, friends. And like, there were other girls there who really liked me and I just kind of ignored them. One in particular, I would talk to her on the phone about this situation and she would just listen to me go on and on about this situation. And she ostensibly was in love with me. I know this because she said as much in her yearbook entry, which if you recall a couple episodes ago, I recently looked at. And instead, I just banged my head against the wall to try with this other girl who just didn't have feelings for me. And I just couldn't fucking accept it. And this kind of fits in to this whole bigger picture. <laughs> with the obsession with the guy from Philly who refuses to talk to me. It's like, there's all these other things that are available to me and I just fixate on the fucking thing that I can't have. I'm working on this podcast and all I can think about is how I haven't been writing as much. I struggle to just lean into what's right in front of me, what's screaming in my face. And instead I just push so hard and obsess over something that just isn't there and isn't meant to be in this moment. But really the situation with Carl with a K, it just made me think of every time that I've ever been left by anybody inexplicably. And it's, it was really hard. And I still think about him from time to time. It's weird. I, I've met a lot of people in my life. I've worked a lot of different jobs. I've lived a lot of different lives. And I, I am the type of person that wants to be in active communication with everyone I've ever felt a strong connection to ever. Like, I still reach out to a middle school friend named Matt with whom, like, I had a weird falling out towards the end of high school, but I still reach out to him at least once or twice a year 
because our relationship was so important to me at a certain point in my life. And like, I always think of old memories that only he would understand. And I want to reconnect about them. And I guess also like let him know that like I still exist and like I still have him in my heart and on my mind. And like, I don't know if anybody can relate to any of this stuff that I'm talking about today, but like, I'm like, is this just the curse of being, you know, a highly sensitive person, an An HSP, HSP of which like, I don't know, 10% of the population are, there's a book about it, highly sensitive person, whatever, check it out. But I'm wondering, like, can anybody relate to this feeling? Like, or is this just fucking me? Reach out. Let me know. Leave a comment. Send me a message. Like, I'm really curious about this. But, like, why do people bail like that? Like, is it that Carl with a K didn't feel that same, like, level of connection that I felt? Is it Was he just, like, too busy in his life? Is it me? Is it, did I drink too much that night? Did we not click enough? Did he think I was too needy? Did he think that I was just going to try and get something from him? Did he think that our relationship wouldn't be filled with reciprocity and that it would be like one-sided? I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's a, for me, it's like a really hard pill to swallow. There was a similar situation that happened. <laughs> now I'm just like, well, yeah, you're a fucking pariah. Nobody wants to fucking be in deep relation with you. Anyway. Something kind of similar happened with another kid named, we'll call him Arlo, which maybe I'll get into another time. But one thing I want to leave you with today is, you know, I'm always looking backwards, you know? Yeah, no shit. Like, we just listened to you do that for the last fucking 15 minutes. But like, as part of like unpacking all this shit, I'm always looking to the past. I don't want to say that I'm always like dwelling in the past, but I'm looking at the past, try to unpack where things are now and how the trajectory to the future can change. But it's crazy to look back as you get older and time really starts to stretch and time starts to shrink. And like I can slow motion witness how quickly my children's childhoods are going. My sister's kid's almost a fucking teenager now. Like every year I have another year's worth of memories to file away and to filter through when I go back and look at, you know, historical situations. And I wonder what it must be like for my parents who are approaching 70. Their baby will be 40 in a year and a half. Like, that's got to be fucking crazy. And so for that reason, I never wish this time away. I always try to be as present as possible in this moment, never wishing this away. My fellow parents out there, you have to understand what I'm saying. Despite it being like simultaneously the most challenging and, of course, the most rewarding, the golden years of my life, I guess, raising two kids. I don't know, man. Just uh, trying to stay in this moment. The Blank Page Podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your sisters-in-law. Tell your long-lost Uncle Carl with a K. Tell your Aunt Jerry with a G. Tell your friend Shannon or even your friend Arlo. New episodes every Tuesday of the Blank Page Podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a review. Leave a rating. It all helps build this thing. Helps me not gain the financial support to keep doing it, but gain the emotional and spiritual momentum to keep doing it. I appreciate you being here, listening to me prattle on about the weird idiosyncrasies that rattle around in my brain and um (laughs) 
Jokes aside, I really hope it connects with people and reach out. Let me know if it does. Leave a comment. Send me a message. <laughs> I'll just keep trying to say shit that I want to say and, and hope that you get something out of it. So I love you all. Thank you all for listening to The Blank Page. I will see you next Tuesday. Peace.